Blog Talk Radio. I meant Heist, not Heisey, but you know what? I mean. Oh, hello, Nats Town. Welcome to Nats Nightly, sponsored by FederalBaseball.com. This is Patrick Reddington from Federal Baseball. I've got Dave Nichols from Federal Baseball on the line, too, after the Nationals win their 70th game of the season, 5-4 to tonight in Coors Field in Colorado. And they did it in spite of a rough start by Max Scherzer, Dave. He had a five-start unbeaten streak snap last time out in a seven-inning outing in which he gave up just three hits, none of them until the seventh inning of that one, uh, two runs and one earned in a 3-1 loss, two and one in five games since the All-Star break. I think I have that wrong, but whatever. 2.00 ERA, 172, 209, 313 line against in the last 36 innings pitched. In trouble early tonight, though. Bases loaded, one out, 25, 23 pitches into the first. A two-run double by David Dahl makes it 2 nothing early, 3 nothing on a sack fly, ends up throwing 35 pitches in the first. That got him off to a bad start. Charlie Blackman, who has eight home runs in his last seven games after he hit a two-out two solo shot in the fourth that put the Rockies up 4-2. to two. Scherzer's done after four innings, 97 pitches, his shortest batting of the year. Put the bullpen in a tough spot, but they ended up coming through for him. But we'll start with Scherzer on the mound there. Just a lot of pitches early. Didn't look particularly sharp and gave up four runs while he was on the mound. Well, before we actually get started, can I call out can I call out Doghouse as being the hot house flower of Nats Why is that? It seems it seems like that guy only comes on the show if it's a seven oh five start and it's been nice weather at home so we can walk home and do the show. If if it's a a central time zone game or a mountain time zone game for Pacific, there's no doghouse. He's he's the hot house flower of the of Nats nightly. I'm sure he'll enjoy that assessment when he hears this. He also works very early in the morning, unlike the other two of us. Oh, boo-hoo. <laughs> oh, that's not right. Oh, I, I, guess, I guess I'm, I guess I'm just feeling feisty. <laughs> um, yeah, Scherzer wasn't very good tonight. Um you know, and you gotta you gotta cut him some slack. He's been very good all season long, but uh, I don't know if if he allowed the uh, the thin air of, of Denver's core field to play with his head, um, or whether it was actually affecting his pitches, or, or what the deal was, because he just he wasn't very sharp. He was having uh, particular trouble on the breaking balls. Um, you know, the slider and the and the changeup both um, gave up hard hits on them, um, including the home run that he gave up to. Uh, to Blackmon, who who golfed a, a changeup that got too much of the plate and, and hit it about 800 feet, um, but you know four runs in four innings, seven hits and and, and two walks. I mean that's just um, really unscherzer like, and uh, he was just out of sorts the entire performance. Um, so let's chalk this one up into um, you know playing in the in the joke of uh, of the atmosphere of Colorado. Um, and, and see how he does next time out. Because that just, that just was not Max Scherzer on the mound tonight. I'm pretty sure it was done just to spite me because I started writing my post-game article about Scherzer and noted how he'd overcome his early inning issues and seemed to be keeping the home run balls in check as well. So, of course, he gives up three in the first and gives up a home run later in the game. But it is Coors Field. We shouldn't be too surprised that someone hit one out there. Uh, Jorge De La Rosa on the mound for the Rockies, two and one in six games since the All Star break. A four three two ERA, two ninety nine, three seventy nine, three eighty eight line against, thirty three and a third. 
uh, Worth gets all of a first pitch cutter in the third, two run home run, three to two Rockies at that point. Or so they took the early lead. Uh, Daniel Murphy with an RBI single in the fifth, four to three Rockies at that point after they jumped ahead again. Uh, Ramos takes a 1-1 curveball, hits it out to right, solo shot in the sixth that ties the game up. That was all they got off of Del Rosa, six innings, six hits, four runs, four earned, four walks, four Ks, two home runs. Uh, I'm still not sure exactly how Ramos got any power on that. It was just a looping curve, a high and outside. He somehow waited on it, powered it out to right, just – Continues to impress there. A uh, decent start by De La Rosa, even though he ended up giving up four, but that's got tied it up before he got out of there. Yeah, uh, specifically that one that, that Ramos hit, it was just a fly ball that kept carrying um, in in that joke of a ballpark. I mean, that that's the, the problem with course field, right, that, that the outfielders have to play on the warning track and singles fall in by the bucket load. I mean, for crying out loud, Daniel Descalzo is hitting over 300 in that ballpark, um, or they all go 450 feet, and we, we saw it tonight. I mean, that ball that Worth hit, that's probably the longest home run he's hit in six years. Um, you know, it one hopped out into the concourse out there. That's a big left field grandstand. I've sat in it. It's got to be 20 rows deep, and he damn near hit it onto the concourse on, on the fly. Um, Trey Turner hit a ball. That, uh, that had Blackmon uh, turning around three times before he finally tracked it down on the warning track. It's just, you know, you or I could go out there and, and hit home runs at Coors Field. So I don't want to uh, belittle uh, Wilson Ramos's home run at all because he's a very big, strong man, and I'd be afraid of him coming and getting me if I said anything uh, uh, to denigrate his home run because uh, he hit the crap out of it. But, again, you know, once you get a ball up in the air out there, it, it, it just keeps going and going and going. I mean, you heard – I don't know if you heard, but uh, uh, Dave Jagler on the radio broadcast, and I love Charlie and Dave, so this isn't a slam against Dave at all, um, but he was tracking uh, Carlos Gonzalez out in right field on that hit, and he said, Carlos Gonzalez drifts back, he camps underneath of it. No, it's gone, and, and, it, and, and that's exactly how the ball travels out there, um, and, and it, it's silly to be playing baseball at, 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 at a mile above sea level, but yet here we are, and the Rockies are never going to win because you can't win playing in that ballpark. You can hit, however, as you mentioned. Uh, Dusty Baker talked yesterday. Uh, he said, I think they have four or five of the top hitters in the league batting at home. He's played there many, many times. It's just a different ball game there, so I double-checked his stats there. They actually have six of the top 12 hitters by average at home. Uh, DJ LeMayhew. Uh, 378 at home so far this year. Carlos Gonzalez, 363, numbers one and two in the National League. Blackman, 322, number seven in the NL. Nolan Arenado, 321. Trevor Story, who's out for the year, 313. Mark Reynolds, 312. So there's some truth to the fact that it's a hitter's ballpark. (laughs) When was the last time Mark Reynolds hit over 240? Can you look that up while I'm bitching and complaining here? I mean, that's just the thing. Ground balls, you know, you know, ground balls drop in, and any other ballpark that that would be bloop outfield uh, outs turn into base hits, or you know they get into those alleys and there's nothing you can do about it. It's just absolutely silly that major league players are allowed to hit in that atmosphere. It's just, it's silly. Mark Reynolds. You didn't talk about. You didn't say Mark Reynolds one more time, and I'll have his stats up by that point. Uh, he uh, 
234 career average, hitting 283. Base looks mostly on his uh, home stats. 230 year before, 196, 220, 221. So yes, he's making your point for it. Thank you. Absolutely ridiculous. Uh, Dog has his here, so you'll get this one tonight. The OBP KMA update for the night. Jason Worth has tied the franchise record 2005 through present in parentheses for on-base streak, 43 games after a one-out walk in the first. Uh, He ends up hitting a two-run home run later, but franchise record ties Ryan Zimmerman one more game, and he's all alone atop it. Uh, It's kind of amazing how his numbers overall haven't (laughs) improved that much over the course of a 43-game on-base streak, but Still impressive that he's able to get on consistently and, more importantly, be in the lineup for all those games because he's played uh, pretty consistently over the last couple months and got on base all the time. Yeah, I'm I'm reveling in the uh, in the Jason Worth on base streak, whereas whereas Doghouse, uh, the hothouse flower of Nats Nightly, uh, loathes it. Um, I, I'm all for it. I mean, it, it's uh, um, it's especially fun when you consider for the season he's on basing around 3.43, and I believe during uh, the on-base streak, his on-base percentage is about 343. Um, so I, I just love um, quirky little statistical things like that that uh, um, really, in the grand scheme of things, uh, mean little uh, little more than um, the opportunity for us to talk about it for 90 seconds and not talk about something else. <laughs> uh, it's all tied up in the seventh inning. Trey Turner 0 for, 4, 0 for 3 before a leadoff single in the inning. Steals second, is 11th steal and 12 opportunities. Takes third on a fly to right. Um, Daniel Murphy walks, bringing Bryce Harper up. RBI double on a really well-hit grounder through the right side of the infield. Turner scores 5-4 to four in that point. Uh, Bryce Harper, a good night at the plate tonight. I'm just pulling up his final stats because I forgot to check what they were in the end. But 3-3, three for three, RBI, two walks on the night, uh, up to 240 average. Uh, I got a little scared at, at one point when he backed into the wall and made an awkward leap into the wall and kind of banged his back on there, uh, all the neck and <laughs> I was about to say shoulder issues, but those don't exist. Neck issues that he had really don't need to be jarring yourself like that, but uh, he missed eight in the game. No issues from what you tell. He made a few diving plays in the outfield as well. Three-hit night for Harper. Really good signs all around for the 23-year-old defending NL MVP. Yeah, a couple of things there. Uh, first of all, that ball that, that Harper went back and, and rammed into the wall, uh, that was a, much like Ramos's home run. I mean, he turned, thought he had the play on it, and it kept drifting on him and drifting on him, um, and it forced him to make him to, to make a jump into the wall, whereas, you know, if, if it were played in normal atmosphere, it would have fallen into his glove before the warning track. So, um, you know, that's just another example of that. But uh, it's Harper's first three-hit game since June 8th. It's first time he's reached base five times since, uh, since the silly six-block game in May. Um, he finally looked a little bit more like Bryce Harper tonight. Everything he hit hard. Um, the the ground ball double, again, that should have been just a single, but uh, a ground ball that, 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 that Carlos Gomez was playing so deep on that he had no chance to throw Harper out on the double. Um, the thing that I thought was really interesting tonight, especially for Trey Turner, Turner looked terrible against Jorge De La Rosa. I just had no idea what was going on, completely fooled on him, uh, just swung over top of his changeup all night long. Uh, the, the immediate plate appearance after De La Rosa gets out of the game, uh, Trey Turner looks like Trey Turner again, singles, steals, uh, scores the eventual game-winning run. So, um, you know, it's just amazing how some guys 
um, have trouble uh, with very particular guys. And apparently uh, Jorge De La Rosa is going to be a guy that gives Trey Turner fits because he just looked terrible against him. But then once De La Rosa got out of the game, uh, Turner was back to doing his, uh, his disruptive stuff there uh, at the top of the order. Yeah, I'm not too surprised. A crafty 35-year-old lefty was able to abuse a 22-year-old like that. I think you're going to see that from Turner here and there. Uh, some pitchers that are a little bit older and know what they're doing up there in the plate, know how to handle rookies like him who might be a little eager at the plate, uh, might abuse them as they go along here. But overall, I've continued to be impressed with what he's provided this lineup. I think Dusty Baker keeps talking about how impressed he is, too, and what a difference he makes. He also stole his second base of the game, 12th of the season later there. But uh, first and second, one out in the Rockies, seventh. Uh, Sammy Solis finished off the sixth inning, came back, got the first out of the seventh, but back-to-back singles, put two on, first and second. So they go to the double play machine. Blake, Blake tried in before I could even send out an obnoxious tweet about how he's going to get the double play, gets one pitch, two outs, and ends the inning there, ends with threat by the Rockies. But, just continues to impress. I mean, worry about him in some place like Coors Field. Luckily, he got out of there with just one pitch and didn't have to see if he started leaving stuff up. But I, I, from what I've heard over the years, sinker ball pitchers are the only ones who can really survive out there in Colorado. So maybe it's actually a good place for him. Well, it's kind of fascinating to watch trying in here uh, the last uh, you know six, eight weeks or so. Um, he's taking stuff off the fastball, and the ground ball is playing even better. Um, I, I think that maybe he at one point got enamored about trying to strike everybody out, and um, you know, and, and obviously it's better to strike somebody out because the less contact that you give, the better. Um, but that being said, if you are a natural sinker ball, sinker, sinker ball hitter, you ought to be able to take advantage of it. And it seems like he is um, not overthrowing the fastball anymore. He's getting more action on his ball. Um, he's getting, generating more ground balls. And if you see uh, Tanner Roark pitch every five days. And obviously now Mark Melanson, very much the same pitcher. Um, those are good good influences on Trinan because he's he's actually been very good um, of late, and and I think Dusty Baker's done a tremendous job of getting him into matchups that he can uh, succeed. Whereas uh, managers the Nationals have had in the past um, haven't been um, as good as getting training into into positions that where he could succeed. I didn't notice this. I probably should have while it was going on, but I'll get to that in a second. Uh, Sean Kelly, 19-pitch, scoreless eighth inning. Mark Melanson comes on with a four-pitch, four-strike ninth inning. That's what I was sort of giggling out there. I didn't realize he just threw four pitches, though it was over pretty quickly with some help from Danny Espinosa's arm. Uh, the bullpen just locked it down there. That's what you like to see from these guys. Uh, in the end, talk about um, Kelly and Melanson, but in the end, the bullpen puts together two and a third, three, four, five scoreless innings after Max Scherzer's out of there. Uh, big night from the bullpen. Could have been sort of a disaster for the Nats on the start of a tough road trip and, and a 20-game stretch that they're going to be playing every day here, but bullpen really picked Scherzer up and some dominant action by Kelly and Melanson at the end there. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, Solis and, and Trinan both get double plays to end innings. Um, Sean Kelly it just it com- continues to be dominant. Uh, Mark Melanson isn't dominant, but gets guys to, to weakly ground out and uh, to watch him, you know, come into a one-run uh, save situation and just very calmly flip four fastballs up and and, and gets them to to to, to or four strikes. I should say fastballs, four strikes. 
uh, and gets three guys to ground out just like that. It's it's a beautiful thing. But, uh, again, it's completely fascinating. You've got your starter that goes four innings, and Yusmira Petit isn't one of the five relievers that contributes to five shutout innings. Um, you know, all that we were told was, that's what this guy does, and that's in his career. That is what this guy has done. It, it has been the the emergency starter, the long guy in the bullpen. But yet, it seems like time after time, when the Nats have a short start, that that, that Dusty Baker isn't going to use Miro Petit, and, and he's playing. He plays matchup for for the last five innings of the game. It's just it's just really fascinating to see this. It, it worked tonight. Uh, five shutout innings, the Nats win. Uh, everybody feels good about it. It's just it's just really weird to see Yusmiro Petit, who, who we thought was going to be that guy, not be that guy for this team. Hey, well, it is interesting. Dusty Baker talked about that this week, too, about how he's just been having difficulty finding positions uh, or situations to throw him in there. He wants to preserve him for these sort of things when you have to have someone go along. I don't know if the fact that he just pitched him the other day would make any difference considering how little he's been used there, but... Uh, interesting that yeah. he went to Belial instead of him. I agree. Yeah, you know, it, it almost seems like uh, Petit is your is your uh, if your starter gets hammered after four innings and the game is completely out of hand. Like if it if it had been you know eight to two or something, then then maybe we see Petit in that, that situation. But you know, at the time the Nats were still within hailing distance. It was only four to two. So I guess Dusty felt like, okay, hey, I'm in it. I'm going to pitch my good guys here because we're going to get enough offense here in Colorado to come back and win this game. Usage has been mysterious. Uh, One more note before we get out of here, since we're already a little over. Brian Zimmerman and Jose Lobaton both started rehab stints today, went to AAA to play with the Syracuse Chiefs. Brian Zimmerman, two for four, the run scored. I think it was a two-run home run. Let me just double-check that while I'm at it. Uh, Zimmerman, two on, no on, solo home run, whatever. He got it, hit one out, crushed it. Uh, I'm still. I was talking about this with Craig Heist when I went on 106.7 The Fan the other day, uh, yesterday. I'm still up in the air about what to do when Ryan Zimmerman's back because I'm really liking this Rendon, Espinosa, Turner, and Murphy infield that the Nationals have been putting out there while he's out. Yeah, and you look at the numbers and it's hard to argue with it. Uh, Trey Turner has been uh, the spark plug at the top of the order, and and what do you do? Um, you you turn to Trey Turner as your leadoff hitter, um, you know, while Ryan Zimmerman has been out, and you know Zimmerman comes back, you just yank your leadoff hitter out. I mean, you know, what do you do? Do you do you put him back out in the outfield? Obviously, Ben Revere has um, has, has failed to grasp this yet latest um, opportunity to to get hot. Um, you know, Ben Revere hasn't hit over 225 all season long. He's in another. Uh, stretch of, of, you know, 35 games here where he's hit, you know, under 220. So, um, you know, do you put Turner back out in the outfield and move Murphy back to second base? I, I think that's the most logical conclusion. Um, but but we know that the, the, the Nats and Dusty Baker want to get Ben Revere going. Uh, he just flat out has not. Uh, so I think that's the most logical conclusion. Yeah, I was looking for the quote while you were saying that. At one point this week, he did, Dusty Baker did talk about that and essentially said that if and when Zimmerman's able to return, uh, most times, depending on matchups, of course, it is going to be Trey Turner in center. It was before Ben Revere uh, picked it up a little bit at the plate over the last five days. He's put together a few good games. I think he went hitless tonight, but uh, he did say pretty clearly that Trey Turner is going to be in the lineup even when Zimmerman's back here. So we'll see if he sticks to that. Let's wrap this up. 
Matt Knightley, five to four tonight, seventy wins on the year, seventy and forty seven with two more to go in Colorado. Eight forty again tomorrow night. Uh, just pulling up a pitching matchup, Gio Gonzalez taking the mound for the Nationals against well, I don't have it up. There we go, Chad Bettis. Eight forty PM again tomorrow night. We'll talk to you after that. Matt Knightley sponsored by FederalBaseball dot com. Beat him again tomorrow. Talk to you then. Get some sleep, everybody. Doghouse says go nuts, and he's not a hot house flower. <laughs>